we ask church communicators like you what lessons they've learned while working in ministry. And today, you'll hear some of their responses. Some are pretty funny, others might surprise you. Hey there, church communicator. Welcome to the Church Juice Podcast, where we are energizing church communications one 20-minute episode at a time. I'm Brian Haley. And I'm Jeanette Yates. Whatever your title or role is at your church, we're here to give you the church communication tools and resources to help you thrive. We recently asked church communicators what lessons they've learned in their role worth sharing with the community. And today, we're sharing those lessons with you. That's right. We recently put in the Facebook group, the Church Juice Facebook group, just asking for uh, people's input. What lessons have you learned in your role in ministry and church communications? And some of the responses that we got were actually kind of funny, and we'll get to a couple of them in a little (laughs) bit. Some surprised me a little bit with what lessons people have learned. Sometimes I feel like I can be kind of a, you know, beating on a drum a little bit or beating a dead horse or whatever the (laughs) saying is. But to hear that people are actually learning things that we talk about is exciting sometimes. So we're going to cover four comments that people, your peers, as you watch and listen today, your peers have said that they've learned in church communications. And we'll just kind of, I guess, dissect them a little bit and discuss them a little bit. So let's just Go for it. The first lesson learned says, no matter how many times and ways that you share about an event, at least one person will ask about it three days (laughs) after it's over. How true is that? Yes, it's very true. And they're not, they're not, this person is not saying that they'll ask, like, how did it go? What they're saying is they're going to ask, when is it? (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that was happening. Exactly. And I, that is something every church communicator can relate to at some point. Hopefully it is more like one, maybe two people, and it's not more than that, but that will happen. And you just have to learn it's not your fault necessarily. I mean, (laughs) it's always a chance to review your, your plans. One of the things that you could do, though, is to ask them how they get communications from the church. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, that may give you some information about like, oh, well, they only do this one thing. We maybe could promote right. it there. But chances are it was there. They just yep, didn't see absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> I think if you are following a strategy or you have something in place and you know that you're communicating things, every so often you may hear that someone just didn't know about an event or ministry that was happening and you know that you've communicated it well, right? But if this is something that you do hear from time to time or semi-frequently, maybe like you were saying, Jeanette, maybe it is an opportunity for you to evaluate. Maybe some, uh, maybe a group of people in your church or a certain demographic um, of people uh, feel that they're not being communicated to most effectively. Maybe they don't get the bulletin or they don't get the emails or whatever. What well, one thing that we talk about quite a bit is having a central place for communications, right? So everything that we do, we should be communicating, we should be promoting things through a a multitude of mediums and platforms and all of that, but should always point to one place that's kind of your central central place of truth, right? Where people can get Mm -hmm. everything that they need. So if you're pointing every, everything points to that one place that may help a little bit as well. Okay, so then this next one says, do your best to create and implement a branded image, i.e. use logo and same color scheme on everything from pins to bulletin to website. It gives the church an organized look and an inviting feel. A hodgepodge of branding feels a bit chaotic and sends the same message. I love this one. We talk a lot about, well, sometimes we talk about branding and how important, consistent imagery is consistent color consistent look and feel and there's a you know 
there are tons of reasons for that. Some of it we can extend to just general marketing principles. Um, some right. of it is for uh, the church so that you can know, so that you can easily recognize and connect what is part of the church or what is, you know, your your individual church. And so that consistency helps make that visual connection, which is important. But when someone actually realizes the importance of that, I think it's awesome. So I actually, yes. I followed yes. up with this one and I asked how they learned about the importance of branding because we talk about it a lot. And I think most church communicators have kind of this, I guess, this general understanding of, yes, branding is important, consistent, look and feel is important, but it's a lot of work or not everyone's on board or, you know, uh, there's a myriad of things that right. um, can derail right, right. that consistency. So so I asked how they learned about uh, this important piece, uh, the importance of branding. And uh, she commented back and said that it started a decade ago in 2013. They wow. created a package, uh, like an identity or a brand package. And because of that, they were awarded a grant from Church Juice, which I actually didn't know about before wow. my time. But <laughs> they were awarded a grant uh, to kind of help them implement this package that they created. And because of that, people saw the importance and saw that saw the value in it. But the second part of what she said, I think, is even more important. And that is that over the past decade, they've heard feedback from their own hospitality committee, their own like guest services uh, team. Um, and they've heard about what works, what doesn't work with new members, with guests. And I think the listening piece is what I love about this. Yes. Um, and uh-huh. that listening helps them make adjustments and it also gives them feedback and also supported their argument and supported their original belief that branding cohesiveness played a role in people's initial interest in their church. So I think that was awesome. Yeah, that is really good to hear. And it always it always feels so good as a church communicator when like something you're doing is making a difference and more people coming to your church in the first place or more people coming back or something. You're like, oh, yay, it's real. you know, I am serving in ministry. It's always just a big, big plus. So I really am glad that they experienced that at their church. Absolutely. So okay. if branding is something that you're working on in your church, I'd love to to have a conversation with you and we can talk more about what it, what it means, what it looks like, um, and we can talk about that. So reach out if I can help you with that. Let's go to this third comment. I think this. Oh, I love this, one, this topic. <laughs> uh, the comment itself is just, it's funny. So I'm, I'm excited to read it. Using the church bulletin does not a successful recruitment make. <laughs> I love yes. it. Yes, it is true. It is true. I love this one because it, you know, it does point out that, and we talk about this a lot, I think, or we have over the years, over mm-hmm. <laughs> so many seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That, you know, it used to be the case that if something was said from the pulpit or from the stage or it was in the bulletin, that was as good as. Yep. Doesn't get better than that. The town crier. Yeah. It's that's it. And now that's just not the case. Not as many people are coming every Sunday to hear that, uh, that announcement from stage every single week to get that bulletin, all of those kind of things. You know, bulletins are being used yet less and less. Sometimes when you do use a bulletin, it's got a bunch of stuff in it and you don't always see everything. There's lots of reasons. But, you know, you can't just put something on a piece of paper, whether it's the bu- a bulletin, a poster, the potty press, my personal favorite church. <laughs> I do love that. I've never heard it called the potty church. press, though. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Porcelain press, yep. potty press, you know, and and then have that be yeah. it. So 
like you were saying a few moments ago, having multiple ways that you're communicating something, please put it in the bulletin. Mm -hmm. If you have a bulletin, Mm -hmm. I am not anti-bulletin. I think there's a Church Juice article on this topic for Mm -hmm. me where I'm supportive of bulletin writing and bulletin creating. Put it in the bulletin if you've got a bulletin, but also um, think about your audience. Where are they? Put it in those places as well. Yeah, we do talk a lot about digital communication, social media, email, Mm -hmm. website, whatever. But there is a place for print and traditional forms of communication. And we're actually going to spend a whole month later this year. I can't remember what month exactly. But coming up, we are spending a whole month talking about traditional forms of communication like the bulletin. Because it is an important part, depending on your context, depending on your audience. Mm -hmm. But another piece that I think is important, when we focus too much on the bulletin or on any one single form of communication, we could be missing an entire audience. Because specifically referring to the church bulletin here, if someone doesn't attend on Sunday, they probably don't get the church bulletin. And Stats, data show that people are attending less frequently. So even before the pandemic, the the average church attender was attending only once a month, once in every four weeks. And it's less than that now. Your church may be a little bit different, but overall, that means once a month. And if you're promoting something for four weeks, they might see it once. So again, like you were talking about, going back to that omni-channel approach is really important and don't rely on one place to to be the only place that you talk about something. All right, so this last one here that we're gonna talk about, I like this one, I like these all, I like them all, they're all good. But this is, this is something that is so true and so many churches are kind of struggle mm-hmm. with this. So I love that we're talking about this. So the quote is, the lesson is, less is more. Try not to clutter your communication channels by including anything and everything. If people are getting bombarded with information that doesn't apply to them, they'll stop paying attention. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I see a lot of (laughs) churches that are struggling with how much is too much or how can we simplify Mm -hmm. or how do we segment the way that we're communicating because it seems like a lot more work to segment and make sure that what we communicate and who we communicate to is more targeted. But the more relevant a piece of information is that I receive or that you receive, the more relevant it is to you or to I, the more likely we are to okay. engage with it. So absolutely what, what this person said, when when it doesn't apply to us, we stop paying attention. And I think we've done that in a lot of churches. Yeah. I was actually talking about this in regard to texting the other day with someone, with a church communicator, because, you know, it's better to, like you just said, segment out your the list of numbers that you have for texting. So if all of your members are in a text group, you're going to want to segment that out because people risk, like people look at a text message, like it's the statistics show that they are going to look at that, you know, it used to be th- within three minutes. I think it's probably even sooner than that now. But what happens is if you're sending out a text message to everyone when only a handful of people mm-hmm. need it, what people begin to do is see, oh, that's just that's a message from the church. It's something yep. I don't need. And then they just start ignoring all of them. Yep. And so the same goes for emails or social media posts or anything else. You want to make sure that you are getting that relevant information, which is why we talked about doing that with the bulletin. It's like put it in the bulletin, but also put it in other relevant right. places, right? Relevant right. places is what is the key. And not there. everything so. needs to go in the bulletin then either. Any form yes. of communication should right. be, you should have a an audience in mind. Or if it's something mm-hmm. like 
email or texting where you can actually split a group up and, you know, I guess drill down to a specific audience even more. The more you can do that, the more successful your communication, your engagement is going to be with your communication. So I think that's really important. And I do want to say there is just one little, and then we can wrap it up for today, but I do want to say, you know, this may be harder in larger churches. I know in smaller churches, you may not, you may only have one text group and you may send out the youth information to everybody because everybody's involved. You're either volunteering or you have a youth or you are a youth and that's okay. So if that's your context that you're in, it's okay to do that. But then as your church grows, as you get more things on the list of (laughs) what's happening, then you want to start thinking about segmenting. So I'm just shout out to those teeny tiny churches. If you're, (laughs) when you segment out your list, if there's only two people on it, maybe, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) like it just depends. But um, I know in smaller churches that I've worked with and and, um, seen, they're like, we want everybody to know what's happening in the church. And so there is a period of time where you might communicate, you know, to other generations, what's happening in the younger or older generation. So you got to, you got to know what your, what your goal is for the communication, um, as well as your audience. No, I think that's really important. Context changes, right? A rural church that's 50 people is going to communicate a lot differently, likely, than an urban church of 200, you know, because the, the, the audiences are different, the size of uh, the way that we're communicating, even the amount of things that are happening, that that varies so much. And so if if you are a small church, then yes, absolutely, you may put everything in everything, but the, the underlying principle is still true. You don't need to put all the information. You don't need to say yes to everything either. You need to know who your audience is and you need to know who who connects best with this form of communication, print bulletin, text messaging, whatever. And that, I think that helps the effectiveness uh, with connecting to people or connecting with people. Hey, well, as we wrap up, I wanted to let you know or remind you uh, if you've already heard about it, but later this month, we at Church Juice are hosting a live one hour webinar and I would love for you to be a part of it. The webinar is free. Like I said, it is one hour. It is in a couple weeks and we are talking about getting started in church communications. So if you are just getting started or someone you know is just getting started in church communications, make sure that they sign up and take part in it. And if you've been in church communications for a while, I promise you there will be some good reminders. Maybe you'll even still learn a thing or two. So I'd encourage you to sign up. You can find the link to the webinar, of course, on our website, but in the show notes for today's episode as well. Thanks for listening to the Church Juice Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss next week's episode. We're talking with a member of the Church Juice community about their experience becoming a church communicator. The Church Juice Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. You can learn more at churchjuice.com.